Use the force to live long and prosper. Well, I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 113 of a play on nerds. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is Jarman. And we are here to co host the hell out of this thing. Absolutely. So, this week, uh, the main segment, we will be talking about uh, horror movies, specifically the 50 best horror films according to filmschoolrejects.com uh we are continuing our series of reviewing other people's reviews <laughs> other people's lists of things <laughs> uh so last time we did it with sci-fi films this time we're doing it with horror who knows what we'll do it with next and who we will just tear apart their opinion <laughs> and what better time to talk about horror movies than february <laughs> that's right <laughs> everyone's in the mood for some spooky discussion spooky <laughs> it's our february halloween show <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world <laughs> the monster mash. it was a graveyard smash oh man this is already terrible <laughs> absolutely you're in for a treat uh, folks that's right but before we talk about that uh what, what have you been up to since the last time we talked I've uh, just been working a whole hell of a lot on a book series that I'm working on, which I can't announce publicly yet, but I will once it's yeah. all done. And uh, that's been a lot of work, but also I've just been doing a round of doctor's appointments just for, you know, checkups and things I haven't done in a long time, trying to get out of the way. And man, it's a pain in the ass. And yeah, I can't believe that still to this day, it's that complicated that you still have to write the same information on five forms for each doctor's office. It's yeah, like, I already oh, wrote my address on the last form. Why can't it all be digital and transferred over? Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, here's the problem at uh, on the other side of that scale. Uh, my local place, they have like an iPad check in thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Then they can like move my record around or whatever. The system was so terrible. I had to redo multiple forms and then it canceled out one point and I had to start over. So even though technology is coming to replace, even the technology is going to be bad, I guess. But it's like, can't they, it's just the, the smallest thing that pissed me off the most. is just the having to fill the same information out on two forms that are attached to each other. Like what the yeah. fuck is that? And then also the idea is one of the places I was running 15 minutes late and they said, well, it's right past the threshold. We're going to have to cancel and reschedule. I'm like, no, I wait a month for this appointment. Like I can't reschedule. I'll be, I'm almost there. I'm like right by your door. And then I get there. And I wait for 30 minutes anyway. So it's like, why the hell are we going to cancel on me just because I'm 15 minutes late when you don't even take me for another 30 minutes? Like, it's just the Maybe dumbest. Maybe they're just system. hoping you weren't going to show up. <laughs> I guess so. God. They're like, oh, we're already 30 minutes behind. Let's be real jerk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Payback's a bitch, isn't it? Oh, but anyways, it's a terrible experience. That's why I'm getting it all the way at one time, like all the different kinds of doctors, eye, dentist, uh, regular checkup, just like once a year, get this out of the way. I hate it. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Steve? Uh, not much working. And uh, I took a random three day weekend. So I had a good amount of vacation time stacked up. 
So I just kind of went, you know what? I'm just going to make a three-day weekend here, and I'm going to make a three-day weekend there. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I tossed a few on my calendar, and this this weekend, including today, I was off. Nice. was the first of them. Just to relax. Yeah. So you have the next two days off? No, no, no. Uh, like I had Saturday, Sunday off. Oh, I, I see. Today off. I see. Very nice. So yeah, random three-day weekend, which was nice. And uh, the only other thing that really came up is that you and me got to play Dungeon World. That is right. I almost forgot to mention that. How could you forget that? It was amazing. So um, <clears throat> one of my players, because I, I DM for Dungeon World, uh, a group that is one of my two of my coworkers, my wife, Anna, and myself. Uh, and one of them couldn't make it for the second week in a row, and I didn't want to cancel, so I brought in a ringer, and that ringer was Jarman. Yeah. And I haven't played any Dungeons and Dragons with Steven in years, so this was pretty fun. Yeah, and this and Dungeon World is just much more light and fun, and it's more it's more logical and like I don't know, could you do that? You know that kind of thing. It was really easy to jump into. Uh, um, I took a couple hours just to you know read the the book material and stuff just to make sure I got the system down. But it's it's much less complicated than Dungeons and Dragons. And oh yeah, and stuff much less. Uh, Jarman came in, assisted with a big boss fight, basically. Yeah, that I know that I said that I felt really dumb because when I was describing it to German, I was like, it's really not combat driven. It's not combat heavy. And then he got in and like the first hour was just combat. And so I felt bad. (laughs) (laughs) What did we fight again? I'm suddenly blanking. Uh, The dark man. Well, you didn't fight. Your character (laughs) went and evacuated an ogre and child. Yeah, and, my, then you, and then you healed some people with your sweaty hands. So I played a really foppish, um, basically monk cleric type of person who just is like really scared of everything and pees his pants a little bit every time he sees danger. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> Charmin was like full support, like, and w- it was just real great and, and mixed well. Um, and he might join us again in the future. So that's exciting. It is exciting. It was fun. Um, yeah, I, Dungeon World. Very fun. And I guess that takes us into some nerd news. Oh, yeah. It's time for Nerdy News. Music never gets old. (laughs) All right. This week in nerd news, uh, Dick Miller, Mm -hmm. uh, a... Hollywood actor and really just a working actor. He's got an IMDb sheet a mile long. Uh, and I know him and love him from Gremlins. Played Mr. Futterman. And he died at 90 this week. He did. It's very sad. Yeah. And he was kind of uh, one of Joe Dante's good luck charms. It's funny because I actually found that out from the Russet Robot podcast, our sister podcast. Um, and, uh, then I texted Steve in the middle of the night and uh, said that it happened. Um, so, but he, you, I knew him as Mr. Futterman from you as well. So, oh, absolutely, a, that's that's who he'll always be to me. He was in some other classic stuff, but th- that's yeah, very Futterman, iconic so. look and sound. He's just very you know, everyone will recognize him. Uh, and then this week, commentary has been made that uh, Kevin Fig of Disney, uh, specifically Marvel, Feige, uh, Feige, 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 Feige. Feigus. <laughs> Fergus? Kevin Fe- Fergus. Kevin F- Kevin Feigus. Ferguson. Uh, is, uh, he is now officially in charge of the X Men movie projects moving forward. Really? So they Dark have- Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, and New Mutants will be released, but mm-hmm. those will be the last two 
X-Men films under Fox's control. That is good to hear. Uh, and discussion and at least the contemplation of them recasting Wolverine has already begun. Of course, the flagship character. Mm-hmm. They got to get they got to get that right to get everything else right. I really hope they don't go with young and pretty, but instead go with middle aged grizzled, not like middle aged, like 50 something, but like maybe like middle aged 30. Uh, I would just and short and I, stocky like the comics. Yeah, I, I love for them to make him build appropriate. And that way they're not trying to do the same thing as the Hugh Jackman character. It'll be a different type of character. Now, mind you, I don't know who they would cast then. I don't know either, but there's how many be some... like how many like screen acceptably handsome, stocky men in Hollywood are there? A lot of people were talking about the guy um, who was the main dwarf in the Hobbit <clears throat> movies, oh. but he's not actually short and stocky. He's not actually a dwarf. So I mean, like people need to realize that he's probably like six foot tall, and so he's not necessarily going to look short and stocky. But they just CGI him down and do Hobbit like you know <laughs> camera tricks the whole time. Because he looks the part, though he could he could look the part, but. They'll just hand him really big cups. <laughs> Wolverine's not that short. <sighs> that's ridiculous. Uh, hey, bub, give me that beer. Well, that's huge. <laughs> well, you're so little, Wolverine. <laughs> well, that's um, so yeah, big that, news. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, yeah, that happened. It's exciting. And New Mutants ever comes out. It's been delayed for like two years. I'm pretty sure you and I talked about it like two years ago. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know why it's been delayed so long. I mean, something must be going on with that film. I know they reshot it to add a character at one point. Who knows? Gosh. Well, the death throes of the X-Men franchise, finally. Yep. And I guess welcome, welcome to the Marvel Disney family. Yeah, that'll be. I look forward to seeing your characters at Disney World. It's just a shame that they probably won't ever interact with Captain uh, America or Iron Man. Who? The X-Men. By the time they get to the movies, Captain America and Iron Man won't be in those movies anymore. I mean, it'll be there's there's new Iron Man and new Captain America. You know, there's always yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. You'll get to see it, but it'll be when like Bucky is Captain America. Brooding Bucky. And Iron Man is like a 19 year old whiz kid, MIT, African-American woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, you know, that'll be the one we get to see. That's how it happens. Well, for my nerdy news, uh, it's just called Rent Sucks. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> recently, uh, NBC, I believe. Yeah. NBC uh, does a lot of these um, live musicals. Um, I've only heard bad things, but for some reason, the first few got a lot of viewings. Um, the first one they did was... Um, Oh, the hills are alive. The sound of music, that thing. Sound, oh, of, music. sound of music. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's one. They did a, a Peter Pan one, and uh, I'm not sure what else they might have done. But then they did uh, Rent just recently, and they it, did the Wiz. I think they did do the Wiz. Yeah, but this David Allen Greer was in it. The lowest ratings of any of them so far is Rent, which is surprising because it was so damn popular when Stephen and I were in high school. And oh my god. I hated Rent so much because we would always be in the dressing room for drama or for a play we were in, and the girls would be playing Rent 24 hours a day, just like constantly blasting and singing Rent, so I couldn't stand it. I remember hopping into any number of people's cars, them turning the ignition, and then just getting hit in the face with like, uh, like no day but today. 2,500,000 minutes. <laughs> no day but today. Love you, Boeb. Oh, my God. 
just, so I to the it. point where yeah it, it was just everywhere when you were a theater kid it was just everywhere and early 2000s man what's good is people are now actually reevaluating it on its own merits as well like saying is this even a really good play <laughs> like so they're finally like reevaluating it to the point like yeah this isn't that great anyways why do we like this so much so i'm appreciating they i'm finally vindicated uh but this was announced because they are canceling uh, their upcoming production of Hair they were going to do. Um, Good. Because they realized away, there's man. no market for this and no one wants it. Um, and they were even going to do Bye Bye Birdie starring Jennifer Lopez. Uh, that's uh, indefinitely pushed back. And then a live version of A Few Good <clears throat> Men. So they were thinking of doing just a regular stage play. And it was going to star Alec Baldwin. Man, uh, no way. So that's pretty that much for That's canceled now, too. Good call, guys. Good call. I, I never watched any of these because and I love musical theater, but it just looks really stupid. <laughs> so that's what that is. All right. Well, that takes us into our first bit. Dopey Dungeons and Dragons. Let the Dungeons and the Dragons begin. It's D&D. Fight with the legends of yore. It's D&D. Love that song. All right. <laughs> So in this bit, I have taken characters, fictional characters, and used the D&D system to kind of make them in the game. If you were going to play this character, how would you do it? And I asked for uh, audience submissions, uh, and we got one. We did. We Daniel, got a few, actually. We got a few. I'm going to start sort of at the top, and then I've got fuel for a while, so I should be good for a bit. Uh, Daniel Hitch submitted Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Absolutely. Okay. So, Doc Brown is a human variant. And the reason he's human variant is because you're going to pick up uh, the bonus feat at level one, and you're going to take skilled. Ah. Because Doc Brown needs some certain skills and proficiencies to make it through the movies. A certain set of skills. <laughs> yes. Um, so, the first one is vehicles land, mm. which will make him proficient while driving the DeLorean. And maybe even count for the train in the third one. <laughs> That's true. Uh, tinker's tools. It's like little screwdrivers and stuff to make stuff and, you know, tinker around with things and invent things. And then animal handling, actually. Is Marty <laughs> an animal? <laughs> no, but he does have his dog, Einstein. Oh, okay. Uh, and also rides a few horses in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> That's true. So a little bit, yeah, no, it's a weird mix, but that's why I had to take skill to make sure I got the exact pieces I needed. Just a touch of animal handling. Uh, background, he's a hermit. He mm -hmm. kind of lives out in this crazy mansion on the edge of town. He's from old money. Uh, and the reason that he's, you have hermit is because hermit gets a feature called discovery. Uh, we're basically through seclusion. You have been exposed or have figured out a unique or powerful discovery. That is pretty good for case, Doc Brown. That's time travel for Doc Brown. Nice. Uh, and as a class, he is a wizard, a bit eccentric, studious, uh, always wanting to know more about the world around him, uh, and specifically from the school of divination. And divination are spells and abilities that help the understanding of time and foreseeing things that are going to happen. That's been uh, as close as you could get for a class. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as, you know, times where he has a newspaper from a different era that would predict what was going to happen. I think that would be a fun way to flavor it if you worked with your DM. Yeah. Uh, also, the cool ability that they get is called Portent, which is every time you long rest, you get to roll 2d20s. 
And then anytime throughout the next day, you can replace an attack, an ability, or a save throw of either yourself or any creature, so enemy or friend, with one of the two dice that you roll. Nice. So you want a monster to fail a specific throw. You have foreseen that it will happen. You've already and been you there. Can, and you can make it happen. You can stop Biff because you went to the future to see what would happen. So Right, exactly. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of good flavor yeah. in playing it as Doc Brown. Uh, and then spell-wise, you get things like True Strike, which lets you have advantage on your next attack because you foresee what they're going to do, presumably. Detect magic, identify, uh, detect thoughts, locate objects, all these things that someone who had some sort of premonitions or premonitious abilities like time travel would kind of have access to. That's pretty perfect. Uh, and then for proficiencies, you get to take Investigation and Arcana. You would need to work with your DM to make Arcana more... You know, his knowledge of science. Right. <laughs> you know, more than actually arcane stuff. But that, that'd be for up for you to fight with your DM about. I see this as a future character I wouldn't mind playing. And like call him something else, but obviously use his voice and everything. <laughs> Marty! Oh god, Marty. So I th- I think it's definitely possible to play Doc Brown in D D five E. That's that's pretty perfect. I like it. <laughs> right. I think that takes us into our main segment, our critique of someone else's critique of horror films. So this we are taking from filmschoolrejects.com, a widely read and regarded uh, film review. Is it? Site. I think so. <laughs> I never heard of it, but it sounds cool. They were like top two in Google results, so someone's looking at them. That's true. Uh, and we're looking at their top 50 for horror. And there's some on this list that we have not seen before, and we're just going to mention the name and just move right along. because Yeah, that's that's why we did top 50 instead of top 25, because there's a lot more of these I haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. Same here. So All at right. number 50, starting out with It Follows. Have you seen this? Nope. I have, and it is legitimately great. Um, it's just okay. a well-constructed, psychologically freaky and scary horror movie. Not a, there's definitely some gore, but uh, nothing like a, a slasher flick or something. Um, okay, but totally unique concept. It's doesn't give anything away. It's in the trailers, uh, but uh, you get this thing following you slowly, like a zombie, until it kills you, unless you sleep with somebody, and then you pass it on to them, and it'll follow Whoa. them. So in the opening scenes of the movie. This um, young girl thinks she's falling in love with this guy, and really he's just been seducing her so that he could sleep with her and pass on the thing because it has to be a um, consensual sex. Got it. Um, and so once she he passes on, he's like, "I'm so sorry, but this is your burden to bear now." And he leaves her, and she's devastated. She's like, "What is he talking about?" And then this naked woman starts following her, and then <clears> sometimes <throat> it's somebody else. It just changes who it looks like all the time. It's really weird, but it's just it's so creepy and weird. So that's. I recommend All it. Right. Uh, number 49 on the list, Evil Dead, the 2013 version specifically. Uh, I saw this, and I thought for a remake, it did a very good job of being its own thing while keeping a lot of very core elements that made the original great. I agree. Uh, it's definitely not a comedy like the other ones. No. Um, but it's it's well made. I was surprised at how good it was. Yeah, for sure. All right. Because it could have been shit remake. Yeah. Yeah, it could have. Number 48, Funny Games. 
Okay, so this I watched in college. Um, I took a horror film class that was actually pretty hard to get into because I was a film major. And this is legitimately a mind fuck. Like it's it's terrifying because it's it's a uh, two young guys who look really innocent and they they basically break in this this family's vacation home and they take them all hostage and they slowly just like kill kill them all. And it's they remade it actually in the U.S. But this was the original Austrian version, right? Uh, Ninety seven. But it's legitimately like disturbing. I can't never watch it again. It was good. Fair. 47, we have Carnival of Souls. No idea. Nope. <laughs> From 1962. Next. Number 46, uh, Mulholland Drive. You seen, You haven't seen that? No. Uh, it's a David Lynch film, the first David Lynch film I've ever seen. Uh, so I was like, what the hell is this? I guess people who had seen David Lynch crap before knew what was coming, but I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it's it's all over the place. It's not really that scary. It's just like you have no idea what's going on for half the movie. So that's a record warn for me. Okay, fair. 45, The Beyond. No idea. Not, nothing. No. Italian movie from 81. No idea. 44, we have a seven. Uh, yeah, finally. Yes. From 95. Uh, this is, I guess a straight up horror movie, kind of like a murder thriller, but also horror, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just like anything, it dips into a lot of areas. Most good films dip into a lot of areas. Right. Brad Pitt, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Morgan Freeman, right? Wasn't he in this? Morgan Freeman. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. The Seven Morgan Deadly Freeman. Sins. What's in the box? Oh, man. <laughs> so what well, we should say, uh, just briefly in each one, does this belong in the list? Oh, yeah. Seven belongs on the list. I think everything's belonged on the list so far. Except maybe Mulholland I, Drive. It's a little weird. Except for maybe the ones I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like number 43, Les Diaboliques from Diabolique. 1955 France. The Di- Diabolicals. Yes. I think that's what that. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> 40, 42, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. From 86, uh, starring, looks like Michael Rooker. Uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, I've seen this, and it oh, is good. You have seen that. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of a, a a surreal, very straightforward film about kind of a guy who's the strange friend or the weird brother, but overall likable, and just sort of his descent into being a serial killer. Like the whole, he seemed like a nice guy thing? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And Michael Rooker... Doing a serious role. It's cool. Oh, yeah. All right. 41. Uh, 41 Martyrs. Nothing. France. 2008. No idea. <laughs> All right. Nothing. Next page. <laughs> oh, I have to click on the next page. You do. Uh, yeah. All right. So we got number 40, The Legend of Hell House from 1973, England. Um, nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> number 39, Audition from Japan. Uh, looks like a girl about to give a guy a blowjob in the picture for this Maybe. film. That sounds scary. Uh, uh, I've, never, <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen this. Either I have heard of this film, have, though. I have heard of it, though. That's everyone that I talk to that I, that has seen it is like, oh man, you want to see a messed up movie? Yeah, you watch audition. That's all I ever. Hear. I <laughs> yeah. never hear like it's got some really good deep plot elements and a great surprise. That's never what you hear. Man, that movie's fucked up. Yes. It's like, oh, you want to see something real messed up. That's most Japanese and Korean films. Just like, what the heck did I just watch? <laughs> uh, so, no, I've never seen Audition, but that's all I know about it. So, number 38, we got Evil Dead 2 from 1987. Totally. Or actually titled Evil Dead 1 with budget. <laughs> yeah. And turned into a straight comedy. Um, yeah, this is definitely the better of Evil Dead 1 and 2. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm not surprised on the list because it was pretty darn fun. Some great visual effects. Sam Raimi sort of at his finest. 
and Bruce in those Campbell. Er, in, in those early unfiltered Sam Raimi days. Oh, yeah. And then Bruce Campbell, the way he'll always be and always was. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, great. I think it absolutely belongs on this list. Uh, number 37, we have The Wicker Man, the 1973 version, not the Nicolas Cage, the bees, the bees, not that version. You bitches. <laughs> this won't bring your honey back. But uh, I've heard good things about this, but I've not seen it. Um, it's supposed to be a classic. So um, I've seen bits and pieces. I want to say that one of my like random professors at one point used it as a like a acting piece study, like a theme, a, a scene from it. Hmm. It's like, we'll watch this for a class and analyze. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> um, but that's my only real identity with it. Does it belong on the list? Yeah. Got Christopher Lee in it. So that's cool. All right. Uh, 36. Uh, the Innocence. Nothing. 1961 UK film. Maybe you guys have seen it. So number 35, I like Under the Skin. And this was also on the top 25 sci-fi films list that we went through. It was, yes. And I think I recommended this at some point. You did. You absolutely did. It's uh, it's just really freaky and interesting and just totally different. I love when a movie just, I, like, I've never seen a movie like that before. And it was just really cool and interesting. And uh, Naked Scarlett Johansson. So you can't go wrong. All right. So absolutely <laughs> recommend. Yes, absolutely. Uh, number 34, The Orphanage from Spain. Have you Nothing. seen that? I, I've, you know, I have a lot of friends who've seen this one because it got, I think it got a release in the US um, and it's supposedly really freaky, you know, creepy kids and stuff, but okay. probably deserves a list. Uh, number 33, 28 days later. All right, finally, another one I can absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, Running Zombies, it's great. Uh, yeah. It, it's got all the tenets of a good zombie film without being a sh- the straightforward zombie film you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really great and not campy. It was like, I think the first of its kind in a long time that was taking itself very seriously and not like a campy, stupid zombie movie. So yeah. definitely worth it. Number 32, the devil's backbone 2001 from Spain. Guillermo del Toro. No, nothing. Oh, I didn't realize Guillermo del Toro. Huh? Yeah. Never seen it. All right. Uh, <laughs> number 31, the witch, or as we called it with friends, the poster, the Vavitch. <laughs> the bitch because they put like two v's or something yeah it was a weird choice Dude. uh i i saw it uh loved it dark spooky a lot of tense scenes a lot of questioning of what's happening what isn't happening and like uh one thing i love about a horror film is when the director makes definitive choices right this happened this didn't happen not oh did it happen we'll never know like no you're the director that is literally your job to tell me whether it happened or not was it a monster match i don't know was it you made the film (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree though plus this movie was just beautiful because it's a period piece set in like um pilgrim times and it's just so wonderfully shot and it feels like you're actually looking at a painting a lot of the times and it's really creepy um yeah Really, yeah, I think it absolutely belongs on this list. Yeah, me too. All right, right. that's the next page. Just rolling through these babies. Yeah, we're doing well. The number 30, Pulse, Japan. Uh, see another version of a dark looking, creepy Japanese woman in the picture. So that's like par for the course, Japanese films. (laughs) Uh, but no, never seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it. All right, number 29, The Fly. This movie belongs on this list alone for the visual effects, right? And the makeup legendary and the prosthetics and the robotic, like that for that reason alone, this film belongs on this list. And Jeff Goldblum just, you know, being awesome. And Gina Davis, when she was still like a thing. Yeah. I miss Gina Davis before she was an Olympic archer, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
She's six foot tall. Oh, yeah. She's super tall. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. All right. Number 28, we got The Descent, which we've talked, we actually reviewed on this show. Yeah, we did. We reviewed The Descent in the Cave in a Copycat Cinema way back when. Probably, oh, yeah. in, the te- probably in the teens, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. Uh, oh, really it's a spectacular movie. film. Uh, in in my opinion, one of the best creature films that's been made in the last 10 years. Another one that just took its time was well oh, 2005 in the last 20 years. Right. <laughs> Gosh. But and no really known actresses that went on to do anything else big, but no. they're just so good. So definitely worth Everything watching. Everything was shot so well and done simply, and the creatures were done well and treated well. Spectacular through and through. So go back and listen to our episode, Copycat Cinema, The Scent versus the Cave, for more on that. And number 27, The Reanimator. I just it's listened just to a podcast with Jeffrey Combs, the star of this from 1985. Um, and I've never seen it. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, the, this and the the sequel, Beyond Reanimator, uh, are just kind of classics. They're, they're so incredibly campy. Right. Like, it just just insane i think of some of the scenes they pull off and then like disembodied heads doing terrible things to women oh god and reanimated cat puppets wrestling it's insane um (laughs) i recommend checking it out just know that you're not there for like a super serious horror film that you are there for a big campy nonsense (laughs) good i have to see that yeah uh 26 we have invasion of the body snatchers from 1978 uh, one thing that excites me about the picture they have for this movie is has uh, Leonard Nimoy in that movie. I forgot about that. And is that another Jeff Goldblum there? Jeff Goldblum um, and Donald Sutherland. Uh, I've never seen this film. I think I've seen parts of it a long time ago when I was a kid. Because uh, they, they remade this movie as well, I think, in the 90s. Probably. Um, but yeah, I've heard good things. Probably belongs in the list. It's got Leonard Nimoy. You can't go wrong. That's right. Uh, number 25, Frankenstein. You got to have this in the list, I guess. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? I've seen bits and pieces for from it. Sure. You know, I've I've seen what's shown in movies and referenced in films and stuff, but that's about it. I might have just actually watched this from start to finish finally in that same horror movie class in, in film school. But uh, it's not scary. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe if I, I watched this when I was a kid and parts of it and it wasn't scary. Like, I don't know. I guess we're just yeah. jaded now. All right. Number 24, Wreck from Spain. Oh. Record. It's funny because this was actually reviewed by one of our early writers who I think wrote two articles for Play on Nerds. And he did a review of Rec 2 <laughs> for Play on Nerds. Was that the college kid? No, it was actually a guy even before them, before our big group wow. of writers came on. It's like one of the very first. And he never wrote something again for our website. But so we have it. Re- and also uh, somebody like from the movie, like commented on the post. So. Oh, that's right. I do vaguely remember that. It's a long time. Like, a, like we wh- first started. <laughs> yeah, our post got retweeted or something by yeah. the film production company or something. It was weird. But yeah, so that's <laughs> our only history we have with this movie we have not seen. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, it belongs on the list. Just for that alone? Yeah. Uh, 23, The Night of the Hunter from 1955. Nothing. No idea. Number 22, Suspiria <laughs> from Italy, 1977. Nothing. This I've heard a lot of things about. Um, apparently, it's a visionary classic. Um, it's like just very different. And they were remaking it. Or if it's not already out, they're remaking it soon um, with big actors and stuff for the U.S. So I think I had to look watch that one eventually. But I've heard good things. All right. 
Uh, 21, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Uh, this one, you know, started a whole thing. It started Johnny it's Depp's too- career. Yeah, started Johnny Depp's career. It started a, a supernatural genre that kind of took off and took place in the late 80s. Right. Um, had some great practical effects and some great gore and some, we'll say, fun deaths, for lack of a better term. And it was definitely um, less campy than its sequels. Uh, this one was taking itself more seriously at this point. Yeah, the original. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I just for the sheer amount of movies that have been made, it belongs on this list. Right. It started a big trend, so it's worth it. All right. So we got number 20, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. This one belongs on this page because supposedly some like second or third cousins of mine are in this. Really? Zombies. Because it was shot in Pittsburgh at the Monroeville Mall. <laughs> nice. The, 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 the 78 one? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I know like Night of the Living Dead, which wasn't that in the mall too? No. Maybe just Dawn of the Dead was. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. And then the new one was also in the mall, also Dawn of the Dead. I've never seen this in full, I don't think. Oh, I have. It's it's great. It really is. It's George Romero at his finest. The classic uh, zombie. Oh, yeah. Man versus man, man versus zombie, escapes. It, it just real good, real good. Uh, the effects were done by Tom Savini, who I knew as the guy in uh, Dust Till Dawn who has a pistol where his penis should be. Oh, yeah. D- Tom Savini. He runs a very famous makeup school down in L.A. area. Yeah. Uh, make, makeup and effects. Very nice. Uh, 19, uh, we got Let the Right One In from 2008 Sweden. Um, I've seen the American version of this, which was also very good. I've seen both. Oh, okay. Uh, just like most films that are translated to the American version, this one, the original one, Let the Right One In, is much more subtle, slower. A lot of the elements of the American one are the same and the scenes are the same, but just handled faster and gotcha. more violent, a little bit bigger. More Hollywood. A little more Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically like a little girl vampire, right? Yeah, exactly. But really well done. Not that scary, but just kind of creepy and interesting. Yeah. Number 18, The Babadook. Babadook. Anna hates this film. Like hates it as in it scares her or she's just crap? She thought it was lame. Oh, I really liked it. All right. Well, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No. Nah. Oh, it's worth it. Uh, well, maybe not for you, because but it's not straight up ghosts. So at least there's that to say for it. Oh, as long as it's not straight up ghosts. It's like, you know, ghost adjacent. <laughs> but the Baba Duke became like a meme after this movie because it's just a weird looking drawing the kid makes who comes to life, basically. Um, but the only problem is it falls in the trap that so many of these horror movies do where there's the mom character who everyone thinks is just going crazy. It's just like what you were saying before you don't like about the film. It's like, is she right. crazy or is it really happening? But we do get a decision in this movie. So. Yeah, like just no, you tell me. Yeah, you're the one making the movie. You made the movie. <laughs> you make decisions. That's why they paid you millions of dollars. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair. I, yeah, hate, I, it. I, think I like, hate it when movies do that. <laughs> I think it belongs in the list because it's pretty darn good and creepy. All right. Uh, number 17, Shaun of the Dead. 2004. Um. So this one's tough for me because I would think categorize this more as a comedy, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm realizing that Shaun of the dead does have all the elements of a good horror film. They're just handled in a different way. Yeah. It's a horror comedy, which is fine. <clears throat> yeah. A sub part of the genre. Yeah. Uh, total recommend though. And I guess it belongs on the list because it's a really good movie. Yeah. All right. So 16, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, 1920 Germany. I actually watched this in the, my silent film, uh, course Ooh. in college and 
I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I fell asleep a lot in that class. Um, but uh, it's beautiful and insane the amount of production work that went into this because they had no special effects back then. So everything had to be done in camera. Everything had to be done with actual giant sets and big painted backdrops. And it's all all psychedelic and all over the place. It was unheard of for its time to, for a movie to look like this and be this kind of weird and creepy, almost David Lynchian, but 1920. So that's all I remember from it. I can't remember what it's about, but uh, it's crazy visuals. And Does stuff. it belong on this list? Yes. It's uh, okay. It defined the part of its genre. So I think it's I thought you and I have not disagreed with a single film being on this. We list. haven't. You're right. Uh, Except for 15. Mulholland Drive. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the Exorcist. Yes. Uh, classic mood driven taking you as the audience in with you know you they basically have you hook on to the young priest character and then you become part like become part of the scenario right and this movie such a brilliant job of that of hooking you onto a character made people leave the theater i think and throw up and stuff and it had a lot of effects great visuals and dark terrible imagery right um yeah absolutely and so we're in a I didn't realize the guy who plays the old priest, he was very close in age to the young priests, but they put old age makeup on him. That's why I thought that actor had been old forever, but it's because he actually was much younger than he looked and they put old age makeup on him. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It absolutely belongs on the list. Yeah, it does. Number 14, we got Poltergeist from 1982. Uh, another genre defining movie. And it was fantastic. I think uh, it was okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I say, okay. Of all the ones on the list so far, this is the one I personally like the least that we've gone through so far. I've just never understood the draw of it. It's got coach in it. It does have coach in it. You're right. <laughs> I never watched but coach. like, but like evil ghost house thing, but in suburbia, it just, They're nah. here. it just doesn't do it for me. They're built on a Indian barrel ground. I think it was something like that. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was <clears throat> one of the, it's, it was unique at the time. Yeah. Uh, no, this one deserves to be burned and not on this list. What? Film school, yeah. Film school rejects. You are wrong. Oh, okay. First I'm big just, disagreement. Yeah. All right. Well, number 13, we have night of the living dead, 1968, 10 years before Dawn of the dead. The, yeah, or, the, the original, it started at all. And truly like one of the original zombie genre films. Really? Um, it, I've seen it once, maybe once and a half. Uh, it is great. A lot of the things that became common in zombie films sort of had their first debut here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, this is where it all originated. And the big thing was that, uh, it was in a saying here in the blurb, that's true. The civil rights movement was in full swing and they cast the leading actor as a black man. Oh yeah. So that was kind of a big movement for them at that point. That was impressive. Oh, yeah. It didn't affect sales. All right. Number 12, we have the cabin in the woods, which I personally loved. Just great. Just great. It's so much fun. It belongs on this list so hard. Um, I think Drew Goddard got his start with this film and now he's doing tons of shit now. The director. Yeah, but it's a horror film that puts horror films on their toes. It's funny. It's actually scary. Um, it's everything. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, definitely. Worth Hi- it. Highly recommend. Definitely should be on this list. Uh, 11, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. I've never seen this or any of its sequels or remakes. Uh, I've seen it. 
the characters they draw in the in the world they draw in these films of this like dark demented family it is scary and you know their target audience is teenage oh those could that could be me that could be me and my friends like that's really what they're playing on <laughs> they've they've made a lot of them for that reason alone it probably belongs on this list yeah i just can't ever get into the hillbilly killing family movies they just there's gross to me and they're typically like all about the blood and gore and gross people so i'm like nope no thanks <laughs> i'm not a fan speaking of blood and gore that takes us on to the number 10 spot an american werewolf in london oh who talked about this just recently just recently we reviewed it for i think our halloween episode yeah did we just do that movie no we did a copycat cinema with this and the howling that's right that's right uh i absolutely agree it's a great film some beautiful visual effects it's super 80s super 80s so 80s <laughs> but other than that it's really good <laughs> Uh, belongs on the list. Yeah, I think so. Uh, number nine, we have Scream, 1996, uh, which developed a whole franchise and a TV show and everything. Yeah, like the, the stabber slasher genre. Yeah, um, it's great. It it like it, it comments on the whole genre that Wes Craven kind of created, and then he makes this movie making fun of his his tropes that he kind of started. <laughs> so, what's well, the the thing? It's just, it falls in the same kind of category of me as Shaun of the Dead almost, in that. I would categorize it almost as a comedy, but it has all the good elements that a horror film needs. Yeah. So it works on both levels. Yeah. And a lot of hot ladies in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So number eight, we have Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Uh, Never seen it. I think I saw it at some point, but it's not that great. I mean, they're just putting it on here because of the iconic imagery, but really it's, it's not that great. It's okay. Not. <laughs> so we disagree. Yeah. We disagree. Eat, it, eat it. Film school rat rejects. <laughs> uh, number seven, Alien. Yeah. So I like, I was thinking about it and I was like, is this more of sci-fi? But then I thought to myself, this is the only one of the Alien film franchises that I find acceptable would be on a horror film list. Yeah, I think it's pretty generally accepted that Alien was a horror film. And then Aliens became an action food movie. And then everything else is sci-fi action adventure. Right. As far as mood and dark imagery and keeping you scared. Yeah. Alien did it. I haven't seen this in so long. I oh, mean, you got to rewatch it. It's so good. I can barely remember if I've seen the whole thing all the way through, but I had to have at one point. All right. So number six, we have the shining from 1980. Yeah. It's a classic. I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah, it's, I don't love a good it. Movie. I don't worship it the way some people do. Yeah, I get why they think it's great because it has all this weird imagery and the shots and everything were filmed a certain way. Um, uh, but it's, it just sounds like, eh, all right. Some creepy yeah, stuff. Yeah, once again, oh, haunted hotel. Ooh, it's a building. Get, leave the building. Yeah, I think there, it's just put on too high of a pedestal, in my opinion. But it's not bad, yeah. of course. It's it's good. It's just, I don't really care as Num- much. All right, number five, Rosemary's Baby. I've never seen this all the way through. I have. It's It's legitimately creepy. And you just feel terrible for um, the lead character. What's her name? Oh, gosh. Forgetting her name. It's not a little blurb either. Is it Rosemary? Oh, Mia Farrow. She uh, plays Rosemary. Um, yeah, it was Rosemary. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a Roman Polanski movie. It's really freaky and slow burn and gets to a place where she's just lo- she's losing her mind. Another thing of like, is she crazy or is this really happening? But then they do answer it. So okay, good. good. As long as they answer it. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's just being the list. Okay. Number four, Halloween, 1978. I knew this one would make you happy. Oh yeah. 
been a favorite of mine for a long time. Uh, yeah, it belongs on the list. You know, it, the teen screams of the 1970s were brought to you by this film. Yeah, it's it's before Jason and before Freddy. This is the first guy. This is the one. And had a $300,000 budget and made a ton of money. So good for them. Good on them. Ab- absolutely belongs on the list. And that great song. Number three. What is number three, Steve? Number three also absolutely belongs on the list. Jaws. Yes. A great story of what a brilliant director can do with a limited budget. Mm-hmm. And two giant shark puppets, the first of which sinks into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, they lost the whole puppet, didn't they? Like on the second shot, they were using it or something. <laughs> it just sank. That's so terrible. Uh, but yeah, think of another movie or a movie that would be made today where you don't see the villain or the monster for the first fifty minutes of the film. Yeah, it forced them or into longer. Doing yeah, like I can't think of another film that would do it today. Uh, brilliant. Great building suspense, great camera work. Steven Spielberg at his finest. I like what the blurb here says. Uh, embracing B-movie schlock with A-movie craft. Yeah. It's pretty true. Yeah. And had John Williams and was one of his earliest works uh, doing the score. Da-da. So simple. But All right. So number two, we've got Psycho 1960. Uh, I've seen it. I don't, this is another one that I don't get. Uh, I, I can appreciate it for what it was because it's definitely creepy and you're not expecting the, it go the way it goes. And send, we all know how it goes since it's, you know, 50, six, 70 years later. But uh, right. I think it was great for its own thing. This is another one of those movies that falls in that category for me of like, I understand at the time it was culturally very significant. So for that reason, it probably belongs on this list, but I don't give a crap. Yeah, it's not scary anymore. Uh, right. because of what we have available to us and they remade it stupidly with um i forgot who what's his name oh vince uh, vaughn vince vaughn and they did a shot for shot remake so there's no point to it whatsoever <laughs> and it was panned and no one went to see it so what's our number one steve number one on the list the thing 1982 john carpenter and for some i'm surprised this is at the top of the list but still excited that it's at the top of the list i i wouldn't put it at the top of the list because i think it's schlocky and not the best but it's all right i'm just happy like i said i i I was a little bit disappointed i hadn't seen it up to this point i'm not sure about the argument for it being number one but i do i do agree it belongs on the list yeah i think it has a place in this list because the the The, creature effects oh the visual effects uh, the real suspense driven stuff. Think about them, you know, burning the blood. Oh, that, that was scene. a great, that is a great scene on its own. Yeah. You know, and so much of that was done with just, you know, like one big effect per scene. Right. Um, And then the end that left you questioning what was happening and who was just great on the list. Yes. Number one, I don't know. And I think this list must've been made a few years ago. Cause there's some things on here I think are kind of painfully missing. Um, such as the, um, the get out, get out, of course, uh, is now I think one of the best ever made in my opinion, uh, in some regards, one of the best. Uh, then there's, uh, I think conjuring deserves a place in this list cause they're well-made, uh, horror films that are generally scary. I think they've gotten kind of off the rocker now with their um, spinoffs right. and all this stuff. And then hereditary is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Wow. That, that okay. came out a couple years ago. 
and then the ring, I think, was a big movement. Uh, yeah, true. Was not in this that list. That started a whole thing. And then also Blair Witch Project, I think, should be on this list. Nah, nah. you don't think so? It was it was nah, a it was a trailblazer could, could, for its time. I I could live without ever seeing it again. I mean, I don't need to see it again, but at the time, it created a movement, man. Okay, so it belongs on this list the same way that, like, you know, Psycho does. Right. I understand if it's cultural significance, <laughs> it took its time, but no, I don't give a crap. Because some would say, like, I saw other lists that had paranormal activity on there just because it started a movement. But I think Blair Witch really started what paranormal activity then ran with. True, and um, became over time. And they came from our hometown of Orlando. Yeah. So, UCF, yeah. Exactly. So that is... uh. The 50 best horror films of all time, question mark? Or are question marks about the 50 best horror films of all time? Right. I like that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, Film School Rejects. You got a few wrong, I'm sorry to say, but for the most part, we agree with your list. Yeah, it's a good list. We'll come back to you guys sometime. Yeah. All right. So that takes us into a fun Would You Rather. Does it now? It does. Would you rather? I would rather. All right, I've got three quick would-you-rathers to tease Jarman's brain with. <laughs> All right, Jarman, would you rather have no knees or no elbows? Uh, uh, no knees. Like, I just have straight legs that just had to be, like, sticks. Yeah, you'd kind of, like, hobble, I think. Like, you would still have your hip joint, and you'd still have your ankle joint. It's just between would just be one long bone. <laughs> I'd rather have no knees, because I'd like to be able to articulate things with my arms. I could just, you know get a wheelchair or something <laughs> yeah by the way I audience guess. if you hear strange noises throughout this podcast and if i cut it out earlier it's because there's chinese fireworks going on outside my house <laughs> it's chinese new year and the lunar new year and all that yeah i i don't know what's going on but they're doing lots of fireworks at a grand old time <laughs> um uh so okay yeah, i would probably go with no knees as well Though I think you could adjust your life for no elbows. I mean, you could, but like you would just have to like always have your seat way back in the car. <laughs> <laughs> be so hard to turn things and move. You, and like you would have to learn how to feed yourself with your feet because there's no way you can get your arm to your mouth. It's like my left foot, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, okay, uh, so would you rather be two inches taller, or, or know one foreign language of your choice fluently instantly? Oh, fluently known language. Absolutely. Okay. See, I would too. I'm happy. Like if I was any taller, it's already difficult being my height. If I was any taller, it'd be more difficult. Right. So I'm going to go with, with language as well. Yeah. I mean, some people out there, maybe they're really dying for that extra height, but I'm, I'm about six foot. You're what? Six, two, six, two ish. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, when you go, okay. So you go to a public toilet. Okay. Sounds terrible already. And you sit down. Ugh. Would you rather the seat be like ice, chilly, cold or warm? <laughs> ice, chilly, cold. It gives me the illusion of, of more cleanliness. <laughs> I'm going to go with ice, chilly, cold, too, because typically when it's warm, it's also damp. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like, like it's got the like it, it's got the butt humidity just oh, r- remaining. That's terrible. I My butt has never made contact with a public toilet before in my life. Wow, good good on you, man. Because good I I take a huge, huge wad of toilet paper, so I'm not anywhere near touching anything on it, and I wipe it down. Then I put down the toilet paper on the seat, and then I sit down. Uh-huh. I never use that stupid things they have, like the, the 
the like uh, butcher uh, paper. The, <laughs> yeah. That stuff just doesn't work. Like it's just everything that goes through it. It's terrible. Anyways. Right. <laughs> so that's, been what, that's been Would You Rather. So that brings us to some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here at A Play On Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it. Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. So this week, uh, we have a couple interesting trailers and then a few honorable mentions. Indeed. Um, the first one we just found today, uh, it's called Braid, and it seems to be about women having some issues. We'll play that right here. So, how do you want to do this? We'll need to search the whole house to find the safe. To do so, we're going to have to play the game. Once we get into the house, whatever she asks you to do, you're going to have to do it. No excuses. She says we obey. Mom, the doctor's here. Welcome back, doctor. Rule number one. Everyone must play. Sorry. Rule number two. No outsiders allowed. Rule number three, nobody leaves. All right, so. And there, and there it was. Uh, so, so what do you think? What do you think of that one? So when it first started with all the doll stuff in the house, I was like, oh, a ghost movie. And then as it progressed, I went, oh, this might not be a ghost movie. Okay. And I started actually paying attention. Yeah. It's like some weird, the friends are trying to like convince or try to rob their other friend, but they know she's like insane. So they have to go through this, playing this game in her house so that so they can, she'll let her guard down and they can rob her. I think that's the idea. Or, or there's some sort of reward if they play her game and win or something. Yeah. It looks crazy. It's got a few people, you know, and a few fresh faces. It looks dark and crazy. Yes, it does. Um, so I guess just in time for our Halloween special, <laughs> our February Halloween special. Uh, I'm going to give this a take a look because uh, yeah. I, I guess I will see. Does take a look exist anymore? Uh, just we'll see. We'll see. We're going to give it a we'll see because I don't know what the heck this thing is. Yeah, I'll get a we'll see first as well until I see some reviews and then I'll probably, you know, hit it up on Netflix or something. But it looks freaky and weird and strange and a mind job. So. All right, the next movie we've got is The Man Who Killed Hitler, Then Killed the Bigfoot. My grandfather used to tell me stories all about this one soldier. As he got older, the stories got stranger. Some I believed, others I don't know. But it wasn't describing a man. Wallet, keys. It was more like something mythic, legendary. You didn't pull any swords from any stones, did you? 
but you might have done something. Something bigger, maybe. So how have you been? You look a little tired. What's bothering you? Things I could have done differently. Regrets. Now I shot someone during the war. I never wanted that. Even if he had it coming. And he did. You've heard about the killings up north? What's the FBI have to do with it? Imagine all our worst fears about influenza in humans, bovine, swine, all of it coming true to life, only worse. It's the Bigfoot, Ed. They want me to kill it. It's the carrier of this plague-type thing. Well, that's no good. If we cannot contain the beast, if we cannot destroy it and it escapes, it could mean the very end of our world as we know it. You're the last resort. All right. Uh, this one I'm mildly excited about. Yeah, except the weirdest thing is that this is such a strange concept of a man who apparently killed Hitler and he's now they're being the FBI is getting him to kill Bigfoot so he doesn't spread a disease that will kill all humanity. But the trailer's played like it's totally serious and not in a comedic fashion at all. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take the tone of this film, but I hope it I hope it goes as straight in as as it looks. It looks like totally serious and not in like not, a over the top funny way. Yeah, I hope but I hope it doesn't turn campy. Like that's my fear at this point. How can you not be campy with this concept? <laughs> so that's the thing, campy concepts like that sound terrible like this, like the title of this film. <laughs> uh when they're sold straight laced can be great. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I love Sam Elliott. Like, think about Iron Sky. Yeah. They're like, Nazis on the moon. You know, terrible premise for a film, but they took it and they went at from a very straight way, very head on, and did a great job with it. Yeah, folks, if you haven't seen Iron Sky, it's pretty fabulous. It's kind of crazy. Nazis on the moon. Um, This one I'll also give, uh, we'll see, because I'll give it a give it a buck. If it shows up on Netflix or maybe a cheap rental, I'll check it out, but I'm not going to go see this in the theaters. Uh, me, I'm also a huge Bigfoot fan on top of being a Sam Elliott fan. Uh, yes, you are. I've been studying and researching Bigfoot my whole life almost. So I have to give it a buck. Uh, I don't think it will be in theaters, but if it's, but it's probably not going to be better. Uh, definitely going to watch this one. All right. And now we have some honorable mentions. And the reasons we have honorable mentions this week is because the Super Bowl happened. The big game. And while we don't care, <laughs> and, uh, uh, what they do get is a bunch of 30 second movie spots typically every year. And I have to admit, I, I'm, I was pretty disappointed. Oh, why is that? Did you watch all the 30 second spots? I did. They just didn't reveal anything. Well, I thought some of them, I thought some of them did a very good job. And I think some of them f- were exactly what you just said. Right. I just feel like so, in, the, in past um, Super Bowls, they had bigger and better releases, like things you were surprised by. So the two that I think that you are talking about are probably Captain Marvel and... Uh, Avengers four, right. End game. Yeah, I agree. They didn't show anything. A few shots that put characters together that you weren't sure if they were going to be together. And a couple shots of characters in places that kind of confirm, Oh, they are going to be there. But beyond that, you're right. They don't show anything new. Right. In either of them. Uh, one that was really cool. You should watch them. They have a bunch of like 15 second clips of scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, book series from when we were growing up. I remember uh, having that book, and it was creepy as hell. These, I think, did this the right way. If you only have 30 seconds, try to do a quick scare. Yep, and each each one of these little things has a little quick scare in it or a quick creepy moment. 
Um, it looks like it's going to be really well produced, really creepy and pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, um, probably my, I think the two kind of winners, uh, toy story four mm-hmm. with more, uh, key and peel. So there be like actual as, characters in the movie. I wasn't sure if they were going to be or not. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure if they're going to be or not. I hope so though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like b- them kicking buzz Lightyear and then screaming and buzz getting strapped up on a prize thing at a carnival. Yeah. That was a solid spot. Yeah. I don't know if, if it reveals anything about the actual plot, like who knows, but gave us more of a flavor of what the movie's going to be. Oh yeah. Um, and then the other one, it was the twilight zone. Yes. That was cool. With, <laughs> with Jordan Peele, which Jordan is spectacular Peele once again. And if I wish I had been watching Super Bowl only for this moment, because it, it's going like normal, like they're actually showing the Super Bowl and then the screen flickers and, and goes to static and it keeps showing the the Super Bowl stadium being empty and then filled with people and then empty again. And then Jordan Peele walks out into the darkness doing a, a typical Rod Serling type intro of yeah. the Twilight Zone. It was really cool. And that's going to be on CBS All Access, which I have access to. Ooh, it's funny because uh, Sean on the uh, Russell Robot podcast, they, those guys are in Canada and there's all sorts of weird licensing crap where the these shows um, like Star Trek uh, Discovery is on CBS All Access here in the States. In there, they have it on regular TV. Um, and then everywhere else in the world, it's on Netflix. So yeah, I know it's Netflix for the UK, I think. Yeah. So like I have no idea where the Twilight Zone is going to be everywhere else. But I just have CBS All Access. So I'll have it there. All right. Well, some good stuff to look forward to, I hope. Absolutely. And that takes us into some Radical Recommends. Radical. <laughs> If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So, what you got for us this week? So, this week I've got a YouTube channel that I kind of just just stumbled upon. Nice. Um, And it is called Ants Canada. Ants Canada. Yeah, and it's about, it's this guy who has a passion for keeping ant colonies and farms as pets. You and your animals. Um, well, here's the thing though. This guy has some crazy elaborate setups, like 10 different kinds of ants. Each, each habitat he makes is custom designed for the type of ant to support them and what they need to be able to do. Uh, and it's just incredible. And really it's the passion with which he talks about all this and the way he frames it. Right. That really makes something that you normally wouldn't care about, like very endearing. (laughs) <laughs> Cause you can tell how much this guy cares about this and is like shot. Well, where you can see the ants really close oh, up and shot stuff. spectacularly. He's got great camera equipment. You could see some gr- just brilliantly close, beautiful close up stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's got like 10 different colonies and he has different stories that he's telling about each colony. So I watched one last night where, uh, these yellow ants were getting these mites that were killing them cause they were parasitic. So he went through this whole trial and error where he was trying to find other mites that feed on mites so he could release them and that they would kill off the mites that were killing his ants. That's so complex. It was insane. (laughs) And like him solving little problems, like the water in this one tank was getting really dirty because dead ants were falling into it. So then he got like this water creature, like a a loxitol, a zoxitol. These weird frog things with gills on their face. Coexaquatum. yeah, the oxyquatl. <laughs> uh, uh, so that would eat the, the dead ants and keep the thing clean. This whole thing about him trying to figure this out. 
See, like that's something that's so much more deserving of viewership than a little kid unboxing toys. <laughs> and he has a crazy <laughs> amount of viewers too. That's great. The video I saw was just posted a week ago and it already had almost 2 million views. Wow. But yeah, Ants Canada. I, I highly recommend it. Just it, even if you're not into bugs, the way this guy talks about them is in itself something to watch for. That's more views than Rent got on NBC. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, I've uh, kind of a, a meh, not even a recommend or a warn, but it's a Punisher season two. Uh, oh, yeah. Had great fight scenes. Uh, they're very visceral and intense and he's no holds barred this season, just killing indiscriminately. Uh, but then there's just so much like, okay, we get it. Your wife and kids are dead. <laughs> we, I mean, that sounds insensitive, but he spent all last season revenging his family. And so I get, it should be mentioned. It's still one of his motivators, but there's so many scenes, my wife and kid, you know, they're dead. Uh, it's killing me. Uh, PTSD. And I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's just like slow scenes with characters that are tertiary. We don't care about. And it just, it was, I, I think a downgrade from okay, the previous fair. season, but it was still fun. But it's kind of like, you know, watching that uh, iron fist was kind of, you know, bored me a little bit. Blah. Uh, yeah. But my recommend is going to be something called hellier, which is actually also a YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, I learned about it on a paranormal podcast. Uh, it's run by, made by these people who have Week of the Weird uh, podcast uh, website. Uh, but anyways, it's basically this guy who's run like a paranormal museum and website for a while now. He's about our age, a little bit older maybe. Um, and he randomly gets an email from this guy uh, several years ago saying, I found your um, your name and, and email address from this random person and I need your help. Uh, I live in this small town in Kentucky and these creatures keep coming out of the cave and harassing my family and my children and they're scaring all of us and I thought maybe you could help us investigate what it is. No one else will believe me. Um, and the person had sent the email to an email address of an old ghost hunting website he had when he was in high school that he hasn't used since then, like a GeoCities that he still had. He <laughs> okay. still had online somehow. So it was really weird. Um, and so they basically go on this huge rabbit hole over, I think, five episodes. Uh, it's, it's free to watch. They're an hour long each. Um, and just really strange uh, rabbit holes of like UFOs, aliens, uh, uh, like fairies, gnomes, uh, ghosts. Like you don't know what the heck is going on. And like the weird folklore that comes out of Kentucky when they actually go there and talk to the people. That's just really fascinating. We okay. have to have an open mind because uh, some stuff's a little out there. But uh, the coolest part was maybe you've seen this before. If you've watched any kind of ghost hunting show, I know you don't like that kind of stuff. But there's this device that they've been using for a while now called a spirit box where you basically it has this thing that's scanning radio channels like really quickly. So you, you only occasionally hear a word here and there from a random a radio channel or a so song lyric or something. And what they would do is instead of just having the recording device that when they'd ask ghost questions and stuff, they have this spirit box going and they'll ask questions and then the spirit box will respond with random words pulled from different radio stations. It's very strange. But what they did differently in this this show is that they had the person using the spirit box listening to it through noise canceling headphones and he was also blindfolded so that he would just say whatever word he heard and spit it out, but he couldn't tell what was going on around him. So they were sitting there asking questions to if there's any spirits in this area or any entities. And he would say things and react to things like they were happening in real time around him when he couldn't hear what they were asking or saying. And I was like, either they're completely faking this or this is pretty interesting. <laughs> so I don't know what it means. 
I, I you know, sooner believe maybe it was some kind of psychic phenomenon, which can be explained by science at some point, but or it's good g- g- ghosts. Wait, 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 this isn't this isn't fictional? No. It's a documentary. Uh, never mind. <laughs> oh, damn it. No, it's a documentary series. I was really looking forward to watching like a fictional online thing, but now that I know people are taking this seriously, I can't do it. They don't they don't take it at face value though. They're they research it and they see what the hell is going on here and some weird, interesting stuff they're, does happen. They're using a, a device that is made to listen to ghosts. So all no. <laughs> Damn that's it. like you no know, trolls and goblins and all shit, that sounds fine to me because nobody be- actually believes those things are real. Plenty of people everywhere believe that ghosts are real. So I can't do it. Well, they they aren't sure if it's some kind of ghost or an alien or whatever, but these creatures are seen throughout the history of Kentucky and this cave system. And they're just trying every Avenue they can. It's just to figure out what the hell they are and what's causing it. And it's, it's worth a watch. Hellier H E L L I E R folks free to watch five episodes. And I'm wreck a warning because ghosts. <laughs> yes, of course. All right. Well, that takes us to an end of our Halloween in February spectacular, but first some thank yous. Oh, and it's not playing. So this is what we can't play, right? Yeah, it's true. We can't play and play that anymore anyways. Right. So never mind. So this week we had a couple of thank yous. One, we got a new review on iTunes. Woo! Yeah. And this is from our old buddy Ian, the real life rocket scientist. Uh, he says, this podcast covers all things nerdy in a warm and familiar way. Feel like you're part of the Apon game gang with Steven Jarman as they riff, laugh, and pay respects to Raul Julia. There's always something fresh to discuss, but the hits just keep on coming. So thank you, Ian. That was very nice. Thank you, Ian. And of course, as always, apologies to the estate of Raul Julia. Our apologies. Our apologies. Deepest. But you didn't have to give us one star. That was kind of rude. I don't know why you did that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the giving us the bird emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Great podcast. One star. Uh, So then also on Facebook from our last episode, we reviewed the Muppets. Um, I think this is the one he wrote this on, but Sean Vanderloo said another great episode. Really enjoy the, ref- the references to the rusted robot podcast. <laughs> great trailer picks right. too. Uh, we seem to mention that show every, every week. So I'm gonna stop doing that. No more free press for you, Sean. Yeah. No more free press rusted robot podcast. <laughs> Found Think on Stitcher it. and iTunes. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It does. <laughs> Cause I can just all, all of a sudden, my I get these blinders on, and all I can see is his is Edward James almost big pitted face. Uh, uh, about it. I want to repair the relationship with my son. Don't start going after Are you dying, Mister Almost? No, uh, but I'm thinking about it. Think about it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you again for joining us for episode 113. We'll come back next week, presumably, with another episode about, I don't know yet. It's going to be a surprise episode. Oh, I already know what we're doing for next time. We're uh, doing a whole feature on the song Monster Mash. <laughs> well, good. Our second, we're just going to do all Halloween episodes all February long. And then by the time we get to Halloween, we'll just do a Christmas episode. Now, we should pick something more obscure, like Arbor Day. <laughs> Earth Day. Earth Day. There we go. How about the Lunar New Year? <laughs> New Year. All right. Well, thanks again, Annette, for joining us. We will keep on coming back to be your nerdy host if you keep coming back to be our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends.
Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. It was a monster mash. Think about it. (laughs) It was a graveyard smash.